As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. They have a math problem offensively. are the most fun day of the week and with that you get the most fun pod right here on the athletic nba show it's called the saturday slam and jam you'll hear me andrew schlecht and my co-host alex spears break down the past week of nba basketball bring on a smart beat writer to give you the lowdown on their team and then we have a trivia game andrew versus the beat where i just try not to humiliate myself So when you're raking your leaves, brewing your coffee, or just taking care of stuff around the house, listen to Saturday Slam and Jam right here on The Athletic NBA Show. Welcome to The Athletic NBA Show on The Athletic Podcast Network. Hello, Athletic NBA Show listeners. I'm Zach Harper. Starting this week, the NBA Daily Ding will move to the Athletic NBA Show feed. Monday through Friday, you'll be able to catch up on all the previous night's action in the time it takes you to make coffee. Fancy coffee, like like one of those coffees that's like six, seven bucks sometimes. You know, you get those machines now. And granted, they cost a little bit of money, but you make them yourself at home. You know what? I'm in the, I'm in the way from this one. Let's get back to this read. Dave Dufour, Andrew Schlecht, Trevon Edwards, Keith Parrish, Jared Weiss, special guests, and your favorite athletic writers will break it down each and every morning so you'll know exactly what went down last night. Your friends will think you're a basketball genius, but be sure to tell them why. Share that information. Sharing is caring. Be sure to check it out. Monday through Friday, the NBA Daily Ding right here on the Athletic NBA Show. With a group that works like they do, the group that embraces some of our mantras. We talk about getting better every day. We talk about playing together. When you do those things, you end up on a stage like this. For our city of Milwaukee, NBA champions. Yeah. It's big time. 
is Nerder She Wrote with your host, Dave Dufour. With Mo Dekeel. Are you ready to be entertained? And Seth Hartnell. They have a math problem offensively. You see, you see all these <laughs> What? What? You can't make this up, man. What? Dude. Organization, what we, what we put together. Hello and welcome to the Athletic NBA Show. Everybody knows how this goes. It's Friday. It's Nerder She Wrote. Did you forget where you were for a second? I did. There? Okay. I've done 700 podcasts in the last four days, and it's uh, the first Nerder of the regular season, gentlemen. That voice you heard was Seth Park now. That one's Moda Keel. We are fired up. Everybody is so excited. Like we were we were just doing our pre-show talk about all right, here's how we're going to start. We're going to start with our favorite things. And our favorite things from the last or the first two days of the season because we're recording this Thursday afternoon, it's kind of everything. Guys, this has been uh, it's it's weird to say because last season felt like such a slog at times. This is a great first two days of basketball, man. I am loving it. Well, I think a big part of last season though was just the, the suddenness of the okay hey we got basketballs we got courts let's just start playing now type of deal was <laughs> we, look mo we got no time to work on our you game know, between seasons Dave, last year you know minutes. like my, we got to throw it out the window day in my game we're good uh <laughs> <laughs> We got to throw last season out for us, guys. Just like Tyler Hero, we're forgetting about last year. It never happened. We're back. Everything's fun, Seth. Um, the other thing is just how important the fans are. I mean, you know, we I think we yes. commented on it last year about just the uncanny valley of like this looks like a game, and there's like there's like activations going on during the timeout. But man, this is weird. And just the Zoom fans were yeah. just the worst idea of all time. We all sit on Zoom all day, and then it's like now I gotta I'm gonna watch basketball with Zoom in this. Oh no, man! No. Uh, so I'm glad we're beyond that. And that's I awesome. thought the dance teams were the worst, like the empty arena dance right. teams with like like that was like who is this for? Because it's like the only people who can well, see it. The only people is like the ten people in the arena, and like the the degenerates who are watching on like broadband league pass when you can see the arena during the. <laughs> Uh, during the timeouts. I, I will say this, though. Um, I, I wish that they had had the popcorn guys and the beer guys and all those people in there getting paid the whole time, too. So, I, I, you know, dance team, it's a weird thing, but at least people were getting paid. So that's good. Uh, speaking of getting paid, you know what? A couple years, Anthony Edwards is going to get paid, guys. How awesome is that, dude? Did you guys see him telling... Steven Silas to call a timeout after that three. Basketball is life. <laughs> that's you know he so is the good, real life man. Danny Rojas. Is, that's perfect. Yeah, listen, I know it's a game against Houston, and, and I, we're not. I'm not throwing out any kind of bold takes from that game, but it was nice to see that the Timberwolves they they showed up serious, man. They did not play with their food, and and it, not that they're that much better than Houston. But I liked how they came out looking serious. Carl Anthony Towns looks great. Yeah, I think this is a big year for him. I think just, I mean, we all know everything that he went through last year and and everything through COVID and all of that. So, you know, I think this is just kind of a year for him to go play basketball again, you know, and and and, and have fun more importantly than anything else. And he's talented enough. The game will come to him and, and he'll be just fine. Yeah, I um what what did you guys get a chance to see? I mean, look, we're obviously 
behind the eight ball because there was like 14 games so far and only so many hours in a day. So what have you guys had a chance to look at? I'm still hung over from the end of the, that Knicks Celtics game. That was yeah. the that was the <laughs> the drunkest game I can I can I can remember seeing. I Just, was listening. I was listening to Schlecht and Mo on the Ding this morning talking about that game, and I actually had forgotten the sequel. Like, how many threes did they hit in a row in overtime? in, in that one was, little stretch, it was seven, and then and then nobody could make a shot after that for about two minutes. What a, what an awful time. Seth, what, run the numbers on this for us real quick. Uh, do you want to go into double overtime in the first game? Of the you, you do not. You do not. Luckily, neither, neither team plays again until Friday. But it's it's sort of like at a certain point, at a certain point, everyone loses because you're just playing. You're, this, is, this is part of my always go for the win at the end of games is in the regular season, overtime means everybody loses a little bit. Um, and, yeah. and I think there's, there's probably, you know, especially for both teams have some guys with some, shall we say, maintenance issues. I mean, that was a, I think that was by 10 minutes, a career high in minutes for Robert Williams. Not exactly the most durable guy of all time. Kemba Walker is, is going to have to be, you know, the judicious with his knees. Um, I think RJ Barrett played something like the last 39 consecutive minutes of the game. Um, Iron Man. Yeah. I mean, I mean, they, they had to sub out Kemba in the second overtime. They went yeah. with Derrick Rose. I mean, it was just, I mean, that might have been tactical because I mean, it was, it was, it was shades of, do you remember the All Star game uh, a couple of years ago when, uh, when, uh, when his team gave up a big lead because he got pressed and turned the ball over a couple of times? That was oh, a no, little I mean, bit, there was that was a little bit the end of this game too. Was there, there was some, there was some, but there was some happened. bad Kemba in, at the end of this game. Well, the, the, but that happened at the end of the fourth quarter and they played him all over yeah, the first overtime. I think the second one was just like, he's tired. Derek Rose is ready to roll. And, and, and Rose gave him a little boost there for the Knicks to kind of help push them over the top there. But that was just a wild game. You know, second day of the NBA season and we already have double overtime. I'm just curious if we're recording on Thursday. I'm curious if we're going to have a triple overtime, you know, on the third day. You yeah. Know? Uh, Jalen Brown looked great. Uh, not bad for a guy just coming off COVID, you know, uh, luckily was vaccinated and didn't have any issues there. Uh, what did Udoka say? Impressively fine is how he was looking physically. I was like, that's a nice compliment. <laughs> I have, I have one thing though. I got to throw a wet blanket out there from this game. And, and, and that's on, that's actually on the Knicks. They won the game, everything like that. But I watched it going, man, they didn't learn anything from last season's playoffs because they are still running no offense. They just went and got a couple better players. Uh, We'll see how Kemba's knee holds up, uh, Fournier and all of that. But their offense, all the same. They learned nothing from last year's playoffs. A lot of hero ball. That's all they do. (laughs) Boston, though, kind of had the same thing. A lot of that. I mean, you know, Tatum has one of the worst games I can remember from Jason Tatum. I mean, I, I can't recall him shooting that poorly, but he didn't really look great either. And it's it's game one. I'm not not assuming that yeah. this is going to be a trend for him, but um, I, I didn't love what Boston's offense was. And you guys know how I feel about Boston's offense, but did not love how it looked at times. But it's early. It's new coach. I, I think, you know, the talent is there for Boston, but the, the Knicks offense, Mo, like you're right. Like that's much more cause for concern because it killed him in the playoffs. I just I want to see 
we always talk about we want to see improvement from players. I wanted to see that from Tibbs a little bit. And, and again, first game, whole season to go and all of that stuff. But I just wanted to see flashes of like, oh, that's a regular system offense and things like that and, and stuff like that. So I just didn't see that. And I'm like, man, are we going to have a whole year of the Knicks? And they're going to be good and they're going to win games with this and it's going to be great. And then like, did they just not? learn from last year i mean there's a few things i think what what dave said about going and getting better players like there's there's things that the difference between reggie bullock and evan fournier as an offensive player you can kind of see that especially the start of overtime they kind of ran that that sort of that that elbow kind of handoff slash screening action and fournier got a bunch of threes off of that and you know that's the difference is you got a guy who can who can make plays out of that situation off of movement um, and so, yeah, it's not very complex action, but you at least have guys who can make some hay out of that action and sort of instead of having just, okay, Julius, what can you do for us? And Derek until, until, you know, you, until the wheels fall off, there's actually, they have lineups where three or four guys can actually do something with the ball. And, and so, yeah, the system hasn't improved at least on, on, on one game, but the personnel is, has, matched kind of what that what that system such as it is needs to be moderately successful if you if no, one is an that. optimist that that's how one would put I, it I, I i get that i just i'm i'm just i'm just stating when i here's the thing when i watch certain teams i want to see certain things and i just wanted to see a little bit of i didn't need him to run the triangle or anything like i didn't need the revolutionary office just needed to see some stuff didn't see it in game one just saying isn't that? But they won, and Knicks fans are going absolutely berserk. I do love the idea, Mo, that you want to see growth from a veteran coach because I think that that's something that I, I don't know that I've ever even heard anybody say that in the terms that you just put it. You innovator. wanted innovator. No, 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 innovator, Dave. It's important because <laughs> we talk that way about young coaches a lot, and then and then we we always with the older guys, it's like, can they bring in an assistant? Right, we give them a pass to a certain degree. I, I like that point, Mo. Go ahead, uh, Seth. You you had your hand. No, that, well, no, I, I I had a different topic, but that's a good point. I think that's maybe th- this year will tell, but I think that's something that maybe we didn't give Nate McMillan enough credit for last season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, that's fair. It's it's sort and 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 kind of Rick Carlisle in the past. Uh, like I, I think that that we're probably going to see more of kind of the curmudgeonly controlling Rick Carlisle this year now that he doesn't have Luka Doncic anymore. But I think that – I think and, – and McMillan even gave quotes kind of throughout the playoffs about how he had learned to kind of, you know, take a step back instead of, instead of you know, watch watch the tape before killing someone because he'd, he'd found out in the past that he'd go off on someone in the locker room and then watch the, watch the game back and be like, oops – Nope. <laughs> you know, uh, so, so, but that's, that, 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 I think that is a good point. And, and you would like to see some learning from, you know, what were some very obvious public painful lessons of last year's, of last postseason. Well, uh, let's go to opening night. Okay. Big games, uh, Brooklyn and Milwaukee. I, I think Milwaukee looked pretty damn good. Pat Connaughton has shown some growth. I mean, uh, the stuff he was doing, attacking the basket was fantastic. Um, But Giannis looks like the same guy we saw drop 50 in that finals game. I mean, he looks just incredible. 
I think the Bucks are going to run away with it. Look, Come on. They look the great. They look great. Can't win the title in October, Dave. Nah, but I think this first 20 games, man, like, I think that they can just get a nice, sizable lead on, on the one seed. Sure. Yeah. I and mean, I think, you know, they were, I mean, the, there's always going to be them in Brooklyn one and two. Uh, so that so yeah maybe they get out in front. I I'm I, I I kind of am am a little sad that they that they burned that matchup on opening night. Um, just I think we have a we have a history of kind of the opening night games, like especially the ring night game is always always feels like it's kind of a snoozer, one way or the other. And so it almost it, it's like you know you 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 use someone else as the as the uh, you know bringing a jobber for that game. You know, it's not, it's not, I mean, it's, you know, it's not like, it's not like you need the, the, you know, you're, you're going to, you're going to sell the arena out that night. So why, yeah. why, why burn the marquee matchup like on, on that? But I don't know, but I mean, it's television, it's television. Yeah. But I, right. But still like, but that's I, the issue. Like you could have, you could have, you know, bring, bring the Hawks back, bring the heat to like, like those, those are like the, we have, those are the marquee matchups in the East this year. And burning one when neither team really totally knows what it is yet. I, yeah. It feels almost, it almost feels cheaty. It, yeah. I thought, I thought that was kind of a little bit rough on that end, but it's okay. Like you yeah. got to have the big games, yeah. you know, I right. was more surprised the Suns didn't get an opening night game after making it to the finals as even as runner ups, but that's a whole other thing. Like Suns Lakers. So, yeah. Why yeah. not? You know, like they should have been. I know the Lakers are always going to kind of be opening night, but should have been the Suns instead yeah. of. Can the, we the talk about the Lakers on opening night? Not we, yet. We're going not to. Yet. <laughs> we're not going yet. to. I know. I know your eyes and your ears, even your cat's tails shot yeah. up like yeah. the moment I said it. But just wait. So, I, let's, if we, well, if we're going to go to somewhere else, let's go to some another kind of new thing. No, I wanted to well, finish. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, please. Brooklyn. Yeah. I wanted to stay with oh, the Bucks. Please. <laughs> the Bucks just looked, and they looked like this in preseason. Just we're going to continue to roll. We're going to continue Business. to flow through things. It's just yeah, exactly. Just keep going, keep going. It looked like they didn't miss a beat. They just kind of flowed right into everything pretty seamlessly, even with some of the new guys like Grayson Allen and things like that. I was I was pretty impressed with that. The one thing I'll say because you guys know it just about as much as anybody how much I hate the Giannis pull up threes. I do have to give him a pass for a while. I have to give him the first 20 games to see what it looks like because he's going to take some. He he made some in preseason. He made one in this game. Like I have to, We have to see if that's something that he's – I got to give the pass of did he work on this? Is it a big enough weapon now that I, I can no longer throw my hands in the air and go, ah. So that's kind of the thing with, with Giannis on, on that side of it. But the the team itself just rolled. Then they just and they've looked like this literally since the preseason. The the you know we'll have to give him forty or fifty attempts to really know. But I it looks better. Don't, would you agree with that, Mo? It, 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 so looks, much no, it, it looks like a like it's, he's he's always been a guy because he's 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 so has so much length that where his arms go, there's a lot of arm right. to go somewhere. On 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 his jumper, and it seems like he's 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 almost, you know, you you uh, w- with pitchers, you have like you know the arm slot, and you got to find the right arm slot. It, it kind of feels like he's he's sort of found that a little bit uh, as of right now on on that kind of off the dribble three. Um, yeah, it's smooth. It's very smooth. Like he's got good rhythm with it, and and that's half the battle for shooting. You know, especially with him, where he was 
do weird stuff with his head and shoulders. But yeah, I'm with you. You want to talk about Lakers now? No, I want to go somewhere. Oh, I, want to, okay. I want to go somewhere okay. else first. Because we, how, we, how about Charlotte? Oh, speaking of speaking of drunk finishes, Mister Ball, yeah. <laughs> Mister Lamelo Ball was awesome. He put the team on his. I mean, looked like an all star. Thirty. I mean, thirty nine points. Obviously, yeah. But he just controlled the game, the pace, and um, if it wasn't for the fact that Charlotte's interior defense was completely eaten alive in the first, you know, I don't know, 16 minutes of that game. Sabonis just looked like the greatest center in the history of the NBA against them. If it wasn't for that, I mean, this would have been a blowout. I mean, the, the, the Hornets, when they found their groove, they really were, they were rolling. Charlotte season is going to depend a lot on when they figure out that PJ Washington is their best center. Um, I, you know, I, it's, it's, you don't want to, you don't want to boil a game down to like the last five seconds, but like they're down one, he gets the big offensive rebound, gets fouled, makes both free throws. And then, uh, Sabonis has had his way all game and, and PJ Washington, who's giving up plenty of size, just stones him on an, on a, you know, on a post ISO to, to help seal the game. Um, and I think this is, you know, the, uh, Charlotte won't be the first team to discover the, uh, the foibles of, uh, of uh, Mason Plumley defensive anchor, um, you know I think that the, the Nuggets have Nuggets found that to their detriment in the playoffs a couple of years ago, and 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 Charlotte's going to learn the same lesson at some point. Why do teams Why do teams continue to do this? We had enough evidence already in Denver. Like it's not you can't change him. Okay, this is this is he's a bad boy. You can't change him, right? It's along those lines of things, right? You just can't change who he is, and that's. I'm with you guys on that stuff. LaMelo was phenomenal in that third quarter. Like that thing was just where he kind of erased a 20-point deficit. Wasn't fully by himself, but it sure as hell felt like it was. And, it, you know, also Gordon Hayward, again, you just kind of forget when he looks healthy, that dude can play basketball pretty well. Like he's pretty solid, uh, you know, and, and he, he was nice really dunk. good at that. He had a nice dunk along the uh, – mm-hmm. drove, I think, around baseline. Yeah. Um, Dylan got a, and got a dunk like there's – Solid stuff. When he's healthy, it kind of adds another element. And this is without Terry Rozier, so it was pretty interesting to see that from Charlotte in in that end. I, I got to think, though, if you're Indiana, you are got to be extremely disappointed. You build oh, a 20-point lead. Yeah. Ball was moving. It looked really good for a while. And then it just kind of stunted down to just strictly sort of just one-on-one kind of high pick and roll and, and hopefully we can make our shots type of deal. And and that's that's got to be a frustrating loss for him. Yeah, I wish Charlotte could just snag Miles Turner from Indiana and and give me the most fun team I've watched in years. You know, that, I just think they're, they're that one guy like that away, a guy that can send them Mason Plumley for Miles Turner. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> or maybe maybe if uh, if Cleveland like decides real quick that they they actually want to go to start Evan Mobley now, maybe Jared Allen. Get, get him down to uh, get him down to Charlotte because that's that that type of player that sort of how about Rubio? That, that, Can we get Rubio and Jared Allen from Cleveland to Charlotte? That's that a, that's a lot of salary to match. That's, but now, now we're doing too yeah, much. Now lot. we've yeah. done too much. Speaking, oh, speaking of centers, can I can I go? The, the, this is where I've been trying to go for a little Let's bit. Let's do it. Speaking Let's of centers, it. how did you guys catch any of Memphis? Uh, I did not. So a little bit. I, I saw that Ja Morant block because Mo was yeah, telling me about. That, it. I mean, but, like. Morant is is he's he's uh, he might he might be the hardest guy to keep out of the lane in the league right now. 
This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Um, but the thing I really enjoyed about them is – so the, uh, something that I kind of uh, – we wondered about is, um, okay, people generally think that Jonas Valanciunas is better than Stephen Adams. I'm not so sure. I thought that that they would get about as much from Adams as they did from Valanciunas. And I think last night kind of showed a little bit of why. Like to get stuff out of Valanciunas, they had to kind of run things through him. Um Stephen Adams is a pretty good passer, so they brought him to the elbows. They brought him to the top of the floor. They were running a lot of sort of Princeton back cut action. It was really, it was really fun to watch because they have a lot of of smart off ball movers on that team. And now you've got you know got everyone from Kyle Anderson and John Conchar and Jaw and Desmond Bain like cutting back door and and you know, Stephen Adams is throwing bounce passes and Anthony Melton's getting dunks off of it. It was it was really it was really fun to watch them them play last. Now now part of that is. Cleveland's defense is a mess and is going to be a mess considering that they are starting two short guys in the backcourt and seven tall, uh, three tall, slow guys in the frontcourt and no one in between. But against that level of opposition, it was a lot of fun to watch Memphis's offense. I've been, I've been a big fan of the Adams to Memphis move. And it's, it's also because I think it opens up more opportunities for Jaron Jackson Jr. to really kind of show off his game a little bit more and, and things like that. And and it's not a shot at uh, Valanchunas or anything. He was huge for the Grizzlies last year, but the, I just feel like Adams does fit better with the squad and with what they're trying to do moving forward versus what Valanchunas uh, does. And, and, you know, knowing that he would have been a free agent before he, he got extended with New Orleans, but would have been a free agent with them. Just, I love the move from the beginning. And then spinning off Eric Bledsoe, you know, out, out of that deal, like they, I think it was all just smart stuff from Memphis. I'm excited for them. I think the Grizzlies have a chance. It's so tough because the West is 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 so talented, but I think they have a chance to really be even a top six playoff team. Yeah, and um, Adams rebounding is going to help that team a lot because they don't really. I mean, it's Brandon Clark is a very athletic rebounder, especially in an offensive glass, but they don't have a guy who cleans it up on the defensive end in the way that Adams does. I. That's been one of the big drawbacks on on Jaron Jackson has been has been he's 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 he, both as a four and a five is just has been a, a deficient rebounder and so having that yeah. is is important. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did hear Evan Mobley had a fantastic defensive performance, um, but I haven't had a chance to dig into the film yet because again, uh, too many games. Which a lot is, of games, you know, and I'm gonna be honest with y'all. The yeah. Dodgers were on yesterday, and I was trying to <laughs> oh, trying to no. will them also back into that series. That didn't work, but uh, uh, so <laughs> you know, did you guys get a chance? Did you catch the Kings and the, I, I and the, the Blazers? End of that. Yeah, um, the Kings look pretty good. De'Aaron Fox is looking healthy, fastest man in the I, West. I still don't. I still just don't. I can't trust them. 
I, that's why I was shaking my head at you, Dave. I, we've been down this road with the Kings before. Like last year, they had that run where they beat a bunch of really good teams and went on like a five-game win streak. And everybody's like, oh, the Kings. And then they sucked. So listen, they're a team along the lines of, y'all got to do it all year for me to believe in you. I'm not going to believe in you until you actually do it type of deal. But it was, it, But at the same time, it was a good start. Harrison Barnes was awesome. I think he went like seven and nine from three or something like that. You know, I, it, it's along those white lines of like they were able to really kind of push forward and that stuff. Still weren't playing any defense. There, they, okay, any any anything else that's non Lakers or Warriors? No, the the Kings like they have they they seem just a dude or two short. Like that Mo Harkless spot is gonna be is gonna be you know where they. You know, they have bar, like Barnes up front and then they have, you know, four they, – they have a pretty good four-guard rotation and Rashad mm-hmm. Holmes is a perfectly serviceable starting center. But then the rest of that front court is just kind of – and and they, against – Portland is not a team that's going to exploit that, but there are many teams that will. And so that's what – that's that's kind of where you worry. But at the same time, you, you take the opening night win and you uh, you're happy with it. Especially on the road, you take that and you yep. get that. You stop at the Nike store and then you get the hell out of town in Portland. <laughs> Portland basically looks the same to me. I don't know about you guys. Yeah, that, it's yeah. not. I, this is this is who they are. It's, it's yeah. In a summer, in an off season, when they needed to make big moves, their big moves were Cody Zeller and Larry Nance Jr. And I like Larry Nance Jr. I think he's good, you know, but it, it's not big enough for what what they need. And and I think it's just this is the same team. They've always been for the past few years. It's been a playoff team, a scrappy team that can sneak into the playoffs. And if the right things happen, can go, can win a round or two. I, I've but, been told that this is a championship roster, Mo. Who? How drunk were they? Oh, I, I mean, it, it, it may or may not have been the person who assembled the roster. So, <laughs> you know, I tell people a lot of things all the time about myself, and most of them ain't true. <laughs> uh, did, did one of us pick Jokic? Who picked Jokic to go back to back? None of us, right? Oh, I think Ben. MVP. I think Ben ended. I think Ben ended. Ben, yeah. No, wasn't Ben. Yeah, yeah. I think he did. Yeah, I think he did. So Jokic looks pretty damn good. I mean, that only was two a, assists. No. Yeah. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Ball hog. Um, I, I thought that you know against the Suns, you know that, that's a team that they had trouble with, and I thought they did a pretty good job. Well, uh, having actual guards, right? Well, I mean, again, I see. I, I drop this line all the time. I I distinctly remember saying out loud, "If only the Nuggets had PJ Dozier." Like during that playoff, yeah, they had PJ Dozier, <laughs> pretty good. Yeah, that went. Well, I just mean that they they were so hurting for guards in the playoffs that, well, sure. But I was just like, if they could only. Have PJ Dozier, they'd have somebody. Um, but yeah, I mean, and I, I, I got to say, I don't know if Michael Malone is listening, but a DNP CD for Bones Highland in the first game of the season, the most anticipated. Not forgivable. Not forgivable. Come on, man. <laughs> first week of the season is all vibes. You got to play Bones. I need to see Bones in game two. That's, that's we, my we, only we, complaint for the Nuggets. I will not forgive on that. Bones should have got in plenty of minutes in that thing. That is not forgivable. But a couple of rookies, I, uh, Book Knight didn't get any minutes in Charlotte. I, I was trying to look up if he got hurt or something. Somebody correct me. I if think I'm he wrong, might still be in he... David Mitchell's pocket from that summer league game. <sighs> David Mitchell looked good. 
Um, let me ask you guys. Uh, Monty Williams said he didn't like how the Suns' offense looked. It felt like they were just not doing things their way. I, I don't know about that. I, I think it looked fine. Is that just first game of the season coach speak when they lose a game that they felt like they should have won? I think there are at times where it looked good and at times it kind of just fell off and it, it, it they got away from who they were and what they do. But there were there were times where, look, I mean, you had Mikel Bridges back cutting, making moves. He was showing some stuff a little bit off the dribble as well. You had the same stuff. Chris Paul midrange had a tweet. I was just like, oh, yeah, the midrange still there for Chris. Um, <laughs> you know, you, you, you had all those guys kind of fun, but it just kind of went in and out in stages. It wasn't a – and this is something you see with some of these teams on opening night. Some teams look way more engaged versus other teams, and I think that was – the ultimate thing you're you you were seeing, and I think the urgency level was a little bit different along those lines too. That's a challenge for a team like the Suns that kind of came out of no not I, yeah came out of nowhere last year really is that um you know you you all there's the tendency to feel like okay well we're gonna get back here again or we we start from the level we achieved last year and instead of like no it's starting at at zero and you know you talked about the the Bucks, you know, being businesslike. And, you know, there's a lot of things that people have said about Mike Budenholzer over the years. But in terms of a team that's just ready to, you know, we've already made one Ted Lasso reference, but kind of be a goldfish and just sort of do their stuff and every night and just, you know, compete against themselves almost. That's that's a hallmark of his teams in the regular season. And that's that's a challenge for a team like the Suns that has that because of their success last postseason has really high expectations for themselves this season. But it's a matter of doing that whole process to get back there. And like you can't you can't get back to the conference finals, the NBA finals on opening night. So kind of the patience to kind of work through all that stuff of the season is I think going to be a, a challenge for them for, you know, a big chunk of this this regular season. It's hard as hell to get there in the first place, right? So it's got to be even harder to get back. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Speaking of teams that may not have come into the season fully prepared, Seth, do you think that the Lakers should have taken the preseason more seriously? I think they should have taken the offseason more seriously. <laughs> I, 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 you know, the competing for the 2008 championship was a bold move. Objectively cool. Yeah. <laughs> It is cool. <laughs> I like it. There was a point. It was a Carmelo, uh, LeBron, oh, Dwight, Russ, Ugh. and Malik Monk. And all I wanted was, come on, put Rondo out there. Give me. I think they had me. that first. I think they. I think that lineup was out there for a minute. 
I I don't think they had that whole lineup out there at, for a minute. I was I was there for the game and and, and don't remember that. But no. blacked out. Who knows? Yeah. Look, LeBron was awesome. LeBron was incredible. He looked great physically. The jumper looks pretty good. I mean, and and you know, yeah, he made a lot of them, but the jumper looks good. The only reason that game that was 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 sort of close was that. AD and LeBron made a ton of contested jumpers, and in the first half, Golden State couldn't make a layup on the fast break. Could not, yeah. The Lakers' offensive process was non-existent. They have like basically it's they're taking turns to which guy gets to the like the logo on in like sort of the left block short corner, and who gets there first gets to ISO there. And it's just they get, they've got seven guys that that's what they want to do. And that's their offense. And then on defense is that they're just like so many. <laughs> just, just Carmelo, <sighs> Carmelo Anthony dropping against Steph Curry oh, doesn't inspire. That was that was unbelievable. Um, no, but there are so many things. I mean, the defense is bad. Like they got and I think I said it on the last week's pod, right? Like if this is a good defense, give Frank Vogel the award, give him a statue, name it after him. Uh it's, it's going to be hard for this team to put together a solid defense. That's just not going to happen. I disagree a little bit with you, Seth, on the offense, because there were some things offensively that I thought was really good along of how they used AD and moved him around the board. And I thought that was one of those things. Big lineup, small lineup. He was kind of used in several different ways. And I think a lot of it was like, oh, you're going to put this guy on him? Cool. We're going to you're going to put a slower guy on him, we'll put him out on the perimeter. You're going to put a smaller guy on him, we're going to throw him in the post. Like I felt like with, with in terms of the way it was with AD, they kind of used him a little bit in ways I wasn't used to seeing Vogel move him around like a, a chess piece on a board. And I think this is something that is I found interesting. I'm not going to lie, I have words coming out tomorrow on the on that where, where I go through some of those things. But that's the thing I found interesting with it. And I just think, and I was wrong. I thought the Lakers were going to be better out of the gate. I think they're going to be a work in progress all year. And I think this is this is going to be a thing where I think Vogel is going to play some weird lineups. The lineup you were talking about, Dave, we'll probably see at some point. Yeah. You know, I think Vogel is going to be throwing just for the next 20 to 30 games. Literally going to just be got to find the rotations, figure out who works. They have some injuries right now. Kendrick Nunn has just announced has a bone bruise in his knee and he was out with a sore ankle. So it's that's a couple of weeks. It's, yeah. uh, uh, Wayne Ellington. I know the names I'm saying. Everybody's like, wow. No, really? no, no. But I mean, these are guys that are going to play for the Lakers. Matters for them. Yeah. Wayne Ellington's out with a hamstring strain. You know, Malik Monk just got back healthy, you know, for this game. Like there's, there's going to be a process of it. I think, they're going to need some time to find their way. I think that's that's the way I kind of look at it with them because it's just gonna it's gonna take them a while and they got to figure out how they're going to use Russ. I, well, this is that's this the is question. the point I wanted to get to next because I think Russ is actually this is something that this if you've got to take away from what you've seen out of the Lakers in preseason and one game, the Russ thing I think is a relevant thing to touch on because he is the one that needs to adjust, not LeBron and Anthony Davis. Russell Westbrook is one. And a lot of that is just going to be, oh, I got to do less. I got to find ways to score on the margins. It's not just Russ, though. They have a math problem offensively in that you watch. And it's not just Russ. There's so many shots that are going up with double digits on the shot clock from 10 to 20 feet from the basket. And... 
that, that's just not a modern way to play. You know, but they and outscored they, the Warriors twenty six to eight from the mid range. I thought championships were won in the mid range, Seth. <clears throat> they probably outshot them like five to one. Though. Yeah, it's like how many how many attempts did you take? And why, yeah. Yeah, it, it was not. It was not great. But it's game one. I, I look. No, but this I is. Mean, but I, I but this is all, the worry. Like when you look at the right. players they have on their roster, and again, you've got you know you've got Mello jab stepping and pulling up for, with fourteen. You got Russ coming down and shooting a sixteen footer with fourteen on the shot clock. You got like you know even some the of the shots, even here, the, some right? of the shots LeBron was making, like you know an early clock spinning one foot fade away that's an amazing shot when it goes in not the shot you want yeah that's not the sh- <laughs> like yes he can he can make that shot right. and and sometimes you need to have that shot made but if that's you know if that's the shot you're relying on you, that you're just it's it's it's, it's going to be so many tough miles on LeBron and AD over the regular season if that's how their offense is going to function that's that's, and that's a 30% shot right like it's a 30% shot at best i mean that, like that faded contested i mean yeah, i think for for lebron, arc, for lebron it's 35. probably more than that but still it's just it's it's you're not giving your like how are they going to get any any uh you know nate likes to call nate duncan likes to call them system buckets how are they going to get yeah. any system how are they going to get any cheap laps you know they did they did some nice stuff rough. they did some I nice think. stuff getting out in transition and that was fine but is this a team that you really think can live in transition given oh I, I think they're going to really live in transition a ton more than you think, even despite their age. Like, I think that's, I think that's the one thing that they didn't do enough of last season, you know, is I think they're going to be a more of a transition team. And I think at times that's where Russ gets to play. But are they going to right? defend right. enough? Are they going to get enough stops to be able to play in transition as much as they, as they would like to? I don't, I don't, I don't know if they will, but they're going to run on makes too. You know, and they're gonna, and they're gonna, and the idea is push, 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 and it's almost like Russ. The first five seconds of the shot clock is yours to make something happen. If you don't have it, give it to LeBron, give it to AD, get the hell out of the way. The things from Russ is Russ needs to be a better cutter. Russ needs to be a better screener. These are things he doesn't do. So it's like you know, it's it's this is the challenge. I never liked the idea of Russ being on this team. Right. Like I never thought this was a good fit for them because he needs the ball in his hands so much to matter because he doesn't do the other things. But if he can find a way to be a dynamic cutter, it'd be great. It won't ever happen. But if he embraced the Bruce Brown role that he had with the Nets, that goes a different way now. Because then when you're small and he's a screener, I mean, setting a screen with him and having uh, uh, for for LeBron or for AD, cat attack, let's go. Um, you know, I think the the ultimate thing is that goes a long way. And for folks that don't understand, the cat just walks by. Yeah, yeah, we got, cat attack we got is cat not a Laker, on the, uh, Laker or basketball term of any any form. I'm just hoping the cat jumps on Seth. This um, is the second of my three cats that have joined us on the pod today, by the way. Love it, love it. I hope you just – oh, I hope you get jumped by all three. Um, the uh, – that's something that the, Russ would have to embrace. I don't think it'll ever happen. But yeah. that's something that, like, there also should be some experimenting with that. You know, like, that's on Vogel to try to get Russ to that level. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you can. And Russ also, it's, it's, he's not a stranger to a slow start either, right? That's like, he did this last year, right. too. So, you know, yeah, we see how that goes. But this, you know, this is going to uh, be something are- I'm going to be watching all season is, is just – uh, frankly, just just Russell Westbrook's time of possession, like he has been 
over the last couple of years, he has been in the top three or four guys in terms of even playing alongside James Harden. He was one of the 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 most high, the, the highest possession guys in the league. And in game one, that was way down. Um, and like like Mo said, it's not a guy who has a track record of being an effective off ball player for. I don't know when like. Since KD won an M- the MVP, like wow, I don't yeah. even know if that was yeah. the case. I, I, yeah, it wasn't a lot of that either. He was no, but he was, a, but he was a, like that was you know you remember back then in, in like the his, the early part of his OKC career, he was at least a credible catch and shoot three point shooter. Sure. Um, so that's like just how how does that work? How do you stagger lineups? How do you because the 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 way it seems like it would have to work is. You know, Russ playing at 9,000 miles an hour when LeBron and AD sit. But that's how many minutes a game is that? And then you're, you're in this weird balancing. How do you get enough minutes out of your, out of your talent? So it's, this is not an easy job for, for Frank Vogel. The, the one thing I thought that I found interesting in this game was Vogel kind of departed a little bit from the rotation in the preseason when he had those three guys. I thought what he did in the preseason was pretty smart rotation wise, which was, he took LeBron out first at around the six or five minute mark of the first quarter. AD played the whole first yeah. quarter and it was Russ and AD for the final part of the, the first quarter. And then he came back with LeBron and took Russ out, you know, and, and in the, in the second quarter, it was uh, LeBron with Howard with AD and Russ sitting. And I think that was something that I found interesting that he didn't do in this game game one that I thought like, okay, that's some smart staggering that he was doing in the preseason that he didn't in the first, in the first game. But the other thing too, is he can't do lineups of Russ Rondo and Howard out there can't do, <laughs> yeah. or, or, or replace Howard with Deandre Jordan. You just can't do it with those three, those three guys, those four guys, that combination cannot play on the court at any point together. Of, of, uh, of the three. Please that give just, me Dwight Howard and Deandre Jordan on the court at the same time. He can't play, but and, and he be shouldn't amazing. be playing both of those guys. Yeah, both those yeah. guys got 13 minutes in the game. Uh, DeAndre Jordan starts the first and third quarters. Howard comes in in the the second quarter and and in the fourth quarter. Howard shouldn't be getting fourth quarter minutes, but really you just got to settle on one of those guys. And I think that will happen as the season goes. He's, I think he's just experimenting with rotations. We're going to see some weird lineups throughout this, especially this next month of the games, and then. I think eventually he'll settle into one. Um, all right, guys. Can we talk about the Warriors? Just, you know, oh, well, I, I was just about to ask yeah, you a Warriors okay, question. No, we, like, guys, yeah. All right. Are you going to take Michael Jordan or Jordan Poole? Which one? <laughs> Who do you want? Jordan Nuara, maybe. No, oh, Jordan Poole was great. Uh, the Warriors, I, I, man, the defense was impressive. I mean, we mentioned the shot quality that the Lakers were getting. I mean, that wasn't an accident. Huge and, pickup. Uh, Steph Curry was getting looks. Huge pickup. Didn't hit him for Nemanja Bielitsa. Oh, huge. Oh, who, hmm, yeah, really. Pickup for what the a great signing. Um, yeah. It's it's sort of like He's perfect. It's, it's um, you know, a lot of what what David Lee gave them, adding an outside shot and at least a tiny bit of defense. A better ball handling yeah. too. But, I mean, David, I David, noticed, David Lee they, was is a good was a good passer, but that but he but he couldn't put the put it on the floor the same way right. that, that Bielitsa does. And just having a guy who can play off the short roll 
and and be more of a threat to score than Draymond just opens so much up for him. And then and a, and a guy who does that at a size that he can he can sort of he can play at at sort of halftime pace gives him gives him like the time to let the defense react and and passing lanes to work themselves open. Now again, some of that was the Lakers being sort of un un uh, un unhelpfully hyperkinetic on defense where he would just kind of wait until a guy sprinted off his man and, and kicked to the corner. But still just having a guy who can play in the in-between areas is so helpful for playing with Steph, playing with Jordan Poole, who like he's in that, he, he's even in this conversation now is kind of crazy. But, and, and, and clay, when clay is ready to play, I think that's going to be just so useful for them. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, finally happy to see him do this on good teams because he always does this on bad teams then goes to a good team and can't get minutes it's nice to see him do this on a good roster i want to see this continue you know and i and, and we all know he has it in him i think that's i don't think any doubt in that but his passing and it wasn't even that there was a play late in the game it, it didn't get a lot of love because it ended up being a fa- he ended up drawing a foul but he made the perfect cut right into the middle of the paint as Steph was driving and Steph found him for a, for a foul. And I just thought like, God, like that kind of intelligence is something that makes the Warriors so damn good. And that's, and that's where he can come in. I'm going to be fascinated in their crunch time lineup once Clay's ready to go. Cause now you're looking at Steph, Clay and Draymond for sure. Probably Jordan Poole. And then you're going to Manya, or you're going, you know, like, what are you, what are you doing? Like, it's going to be interesting to see how that looks out throughout the season once they're fully healthy. Yeah, they got options. Uh, they, they were running split cuts with, with Poole and Curry, and my eyes didn't know where to look. Have you guys, did you guys run into that yet? Uh, I always I, go Curry. Doesn't see, matter. All right, that's me, right? Like, I always go Curry, but, but Poole, like, I don't know, man, something about him running through off that screen. I was like, oh, I can, okay. Well, right. he's, and then he's, basically, I just, Use an eyeball for each. It was it was fine. Um, he is he has got the uh, the 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 lack of conscious conscience. He's yes. got that down. It's yeah. I, I, the I wish Steph Curry had that confidence, but he would shoot fifty times a game. Um, yeah, I got I got a lot of texts from uh, a couple of buddies of mine that are scouts. Like I was talking to him during the game. I was like, okay, look, what am I missing here with the Warriors? And they were like, well, you, you know. Let's just watch this game. And I'm sitting here texting. I don't, I don't see what they're going to get out of Iguodala because he doesn't, I mean, he hit some shots, but defensively, I just thought he's not moving well. And so I'm, I'm thinking by the time the end of the season comes, Iguodala is what, 10 to 15 minutes tops, right? They won't rely on him nearly as much. I mean, are they going to get anything out of, Kuminga defensively like I'm I'm wondering who's gonna because you're not gonna have clay to do it we know what Draymond's job is do you trust Wiggins right like who's gonna be the guy that that you're like you need to stop we're gonna put this guy on the ball that, who's that guy for them do they need it no they they need it okay I don't think they have it that's and my question is, about and that. this this is why I've kind of been pumping the brakes a little bit on them in there. They're almost like Portland South in a very, very kind of similar situation where it's like, they've got like their, their starting lineup or their best lineup is going to be really tough to stop. And they can do some really pleasing things with, with interactions between several high field players. 
but then it's just like the 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 defense, the rebounding, the depth. Like once they start to, you know, they start to to go to the bench a little bit and they lose a lot of that verve. Um, either because they don't have enough shooting on the floor or the, the players that are coming in don't have the same ability to, to, uh, to read the game that they're, that they're, their top five or six guys do. Um, so, uh, but then it's just like, that's, then like Steph is just that little bit better than Dame. So their, their, their ceiling is a little bit higher than Portland's. Yeah. I mean, they're good. They're, they're really good. Um, I think they're going to the, the defense. They're going to have issues against size uh, that that one lob that AD caught over the top. I mean, that's going to be an issue for them this season. But uh, I don't know if Wiseman, if he can give them seven minutes when you've got a guy like, you know, an, an athletic big out there. I, I think that that's something I just don't trust that, obviously. Uh, wow. We almost talked about every single team, guys. I, w- I want I want to touch on one thing. And okay. this is more of a broader point. Dog attack! You guys tell me how you feel. Oh. All right, the dog. Luca doesn't attack. Luca knows <laughs> who, who 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 loves him. Does Luca make his teammates better though? That's huh? that's the question. Does Luca well, the dog Luka, make his teammates this is, better? This is Luca with the C. So if it's a squirrel, oh. he's all over it. Um, <laughs> let me just say this though. The broader point I want to make is the product has looked better. I think the rule changes have been better. The the fewer reviews, there's still some of that, but things, but go back, think about the Knicks uh, Celtics double overtime game. There was not a lot of stoppage of play in the overtime. There was, it wasn't a lot of like, let's go review it and things like that. I want to, I, hopefully it continues, but this was uh, the past few games. I've just been like, this is pretty pleasant in the, the product. And I've been very impressed with it. Hopefully they continue on the foul rules and the things foul like rules that. Are great. The foul rules are great. Like all of that stuff. I, 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 I'm in, I'm just enjoying the way the flow of the game as a, as a product, as watching it on TV at the arena and things like that, seeing all of it. I just think this is something that's good. Hopefully it continues, but like, I've really enjoyed that. And I think that's a point I don't want, People to kind of forget because it's easy to forget. We're just like, oh wow, this is a great game. Because normally we just complain about all the reviews. I thought they've, I thought they've done a good job so far. Very early. That's exactly that is exactly the thing, Mo. Is that the reviews and the challenges and all the like the bad calls that are just so egregious. That, I mean, the bad, the foul bad rules where guys, the bad, the bad yeah, rules. yeah, the bad rules. Yeah. You're right. The bad rules, not the bad calls. It takes you out of the game, and man. I, I, I'm so glad you said that, Mo, because I was I was in on every game I was watching. Did not get distracted by, you know, the the ancillary stuff that just happens at the end of games. It was it was awesome. It was a much better viewing experience. The the interesting th- stuff around that is we've are actually already seen the players adjust a little bit. How many times in these first couple days have we seen a player pump fake? A defender jumps and we're used to seeing like flaily arms and kicking legs and, 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 well, uh, you Trey know, Young hasn't played yet. You are uh, fair enough. <laughs> but no, but, but how many times like, like, but we've seen like players kind of, oh, no, I'm not going to get that call. Or they try to yeah, do that. No, they try to do that true. and they throw it off the backboard and it's just like, oh, wait, that's not a foul anymore. And it's just like, didn't see any of that from James Harden. Didn't see any of that from Steph Curry on opening night. Like you're, you're a hundred percent right. It's like the players have fully adjusted on it and i think a lot of it too is because a lot of the other players like this like yeah. the idea and agree to this where'd you go um th- this is a big thing and i think that's what's going a long way with it 
One more rule we got to get rid of, though. We got to change the take foul. That's it. Yes. NBA, work with me. Holler at your boy. I got you. Second one is we gotta we gotta we gotta fix the slide in charge thing. Like, oh, yeah. I, like the 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 short guy sliding under a driver as they're about to take off and like getting clipped on the shoulder and falling down and getting that's that's. Still, I mean like, Blake Griffin. Blake Griffin slid in on I think it was a Giannis in, in game. I mean he slid in on somebody. I mean he's, it's yeah. a game, right? And he's playing, so he's sliding yeah. in on somebody. And I'm with you. I mean, well, everybody Kemba, knows Kemba how I did feel it. about well, the did it once. And yeah. it's just like, you know, it's, yeah. it's, it, you know. I'm going to get banned the charge tattooed on my chest. It's, Let's it, just do it. It's, again, it's it's stuff that, that is not enjoyable to watch in large part because it's the kind of thing that leads to injuries and then we don't have our best players playing. So let's yeah. let's clean that one up too. But the take, the take foul for sure, I mean, I don't know why you would want to allow something that takes away the most exciting action that you have on the court. <laughs> Transition. Just, just, just I mean, doesn't make sense. How many? Think about all the dunks that we didn't see. Just, anyway. just think about LaMelo Ball's opportunities. Guys, the games are great. The games are better. I'm really pumped up, especially for Anthony Edwards and LaMelo Ball. This is going to be the official podcast of Anthony Edwards and LaMelo Ball. They don't know it, but we're going to be talking about them every single week. That's my N- plan. Neither, neither did Seth. Now, Seth I. and Mo also don't know it, but I'm going to find <laughs> a way to weasel those guys in every single week. Uh, and, you know, of course, always. Danny, Danny Green. Green. Okay, yeah, uh, thank you. <laughs> for Seth and Mo, I'm Dave. This is the Athletic NBA Show. This is Dirt or She Wrote. You guys have a good weekend. And check out Slam and Jam tomorrow.